Welcome to the Awakening Shalom Podcast. The Awakening Shalom Podcast is an opportunity for digital faith formation at Myers Park Baptist Church that accompanies the Awakening Series, a year-long journey of exploration and discernment which invites all people to come learn about the current social justice issues of the day and how they impact our faith. What we are awakening to is Shalom, the Hebrew word for the peace and beauty that exists when we are living in right relationship with God, ourselves, other human beings, and all created things. Welcome back to episode three of our Advent or Apocalypse series. I'm here with... Ben Boswell. And I'm Mia McLean, and we're going to jump right on in. We are in joy week mm. with, of Advent. This is week three. I'm filled with so much joy. That sounds very <laughs> encouraging. No, um, sure, there's always joy. <laughs> what we'll learn is joy does not always mm. communicate the way that we expect right. it to communicate. Yeah. So. Joy is not happiness. Yes, that's right. Uh, so we'll get into a little bit of that today. But I'm excited. I like this week. Um, so we... In the previous episode, we talked a little bit about songs and music and kind of this Christmas music takeover yes. when it's really Advent, and you had some very strong opinions about some songs <laughs> That's true. that I, you do not like. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, most of my opinions are weak and, uh, you know. No, I definitely hate the song, Mary, Did You Know? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I really do. Yes. I, I, but I, I'm hearing that there's... Uh, some alternative lyrics? There are some alternative lyrics. I actually, though, you know, right after we recorded the last episode, I went to New York for a, a meeting with one of my cohorts, and um, one of the women brought this these alternative lyrics to us, and I'm really wow. excited. But the thing is, I can't share them with you. You have to come to church. What? <laughs> you have to come to church to hear that them. That is messed up. <laughs> Don't you know people that listen to this podcast, they just like to listen to podcasts. They don't want to come to church. Oh, well, okay. After after <laughs> Christmas Eve, then I'll Tell us them. when. <laughs> tell us when we can hear you, the lyrics to Mary, the, the, the true alternative and justice-filled lyrics to Mary, did you know? When can we hear you this? You can hear them on a Christmas Eve at the evening service. 6 p.m. Yeah. service. Yeah, that's right. And we'll... Will we? Who will be singing them? Yeah. I'm not sure about that yet. <laughs> will it be a special guest. Or? I think a special guest. Okay. You're fly, we're flying her in from somewhere. Yeah. Well, it's off broad, slightly off Broadway, Manhattan. That's right. Uh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, so excited about that, and I was excited to. I'm excited them. about yeah. that, and you've you've basically redeemed the song. I've read the lyrics, and I'm pumped about it. So I'm really hoping people will come yes. Christmas Eve and hear the real lyrics. And it's interesting because one of my friends on Twitter was going on his rant about it today about Mary Did You Know uh, and how like it just makes her seem like she's dumb and has yes. no agency. And so yes. I really think these lyrics give her... Did you send him the alternative I lyrics? Did, I yes, did. Yes, you did because you're trying to correct people. <laughs> I am. You're I trying am. to redeem the song. So here's the thing about it. I, the sentimentality of the song... At, combined with the current lyrics, doesn't work. Like, it just makes it smarmy mm-hmm. and saccharine and garbage. Mm-hmm. But when you take the lyrics you found and you pair it with the sentimentality, now you've got something. Because right. sentimentality can easily be used to manipulate people's emotions to feel a particular way. And if that feeling does not lead them to live better lives, 
that's not a helpful version of sentimentality. However, mm-hmm. if you use sentimentality, I think it can be used as a motivational tool for people to live lives of justice and love and peace in the world. So mm-hmm. I'm all about that. So I'm excited to hear it paired together. Yes, I'm excited as well. And so on that same note, since we're getting closer and closer to Christmas, I guess we can start talking about Christmas music. So should we? Should we? What is your okay? Your top three Christmas albums? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Let me see if I can get this right. Um, all right, number one is kind of a cult classic. Not a lot of people know it. It's an indie out five set five disc album of Christmas music written by a guy named Suf John Stevens. Uh, and it is amazing. I challenge anybody to listen. If you like folk and bluegrass, it's kind of got some folky bluegrass indie rock feel to it. So mm. that is that is one of the definitive all-time great Christmas albums, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two for me would be uh, James Brown's Christmas album. Mm. If you've never listened to James Brown's Christmas album, it is so, so good. And uh, there's actually a song called... Uh, Santa come to the Santa come to to the ghetto. Mm, mm-hmm. That is just really powerful, and uh, it's also just funky. It's a yeah. funky Christmas as as it would be, right? And then I think you know I think obviously I got to put Dolly in there this year. But <laughs> this Dolly is rising in the charts. Usually Elvis would have been third for me because Elvis's Christmas album is awesome. Mm, it is so good. Yeah, he even like inserts uh, God into Santa Claus is coming to town to try to church it up a little bit. Mm. Yeah, you know, he, he and Santa Claus knows that all, we're all God's children. Mm. You know, he just tries to, he's trying to bring Jesus into every Christmas song, you know? And I love Elvis for that. Uh-huh. Um, but on Dolly, Dolly's Christmas album has this song, for me this year, this is like a really important song. It's called Hard Candy Christmas. Mm. And it's baby, it's basically like the lyrics are like, maybe I'll dye my hair. Maybe I'll move somewhere. Maybe I'll get a car. Maybe I'll drive I know so that far song. that I'll lose track. And then she says, me, I'll bounce right back. Oh, I know that song. Yeah, maybe I'll sleep real late. Maybe I'll lose some weight. Maybe I'll clear my junk. Maybe I'll just get drunk. <laughs> and then it's fine and dandy. Lord, it's like a hard candy Christmas. I'm barely getting through tomorrow, but I still won't let sorrow bring me way down. I mean, that is, that's mm. a great song. That is and that's good, good for joy Sunday. Yeah. I think it's like, you know, it might be hard, but. You're acknowledging the to- you the fullness of joy. Deal with the pain. Because yeah. part of joy is with, pain right. and suffering. That's and right. So, um, yeah. I love, I mean, Dolly is just getting me through right now. She's you just, awesome. you've had a Dolly year. You've, we've referenced This is the year of Dolly. <laughs> several times. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I was at this, I was at the Girl, uh, Girl Tribe pop-up. Um, Christmas Bazaar this at the convention center on Saturday with Lucy and we were just checking out all the uh, women-owned businesses and this they one of the women-owned businesses had an awesome Dolly t-shirt. I was mm. so close to buying it. You know, it's like a Christmas t-shirt mm-hmm. with Dolly on it and it's like, oh. Anyway, she's amazing. Good, good. All right, what's your top three Christmas albums? Oh, it's so hard. Okay, I know. I, so... Can I get, try to guess? Okay, go ahead. Guarantee one of them is Mariah Carey. Absolutely. The best, it was released in (laughs) 1994. 
94, uh-huh, maybe. Uh-huh. 1994. So it's the 25th yeah. anniversary, I think, of Ooh, that okay. album. I think it was 94. 25th anniversary. I had the, the cassette tape. So of course actually, you did. We all did. <laughs> yeah, we did. I, oh, Holy Night. Her Oh, Holy Night is uh, my, my favorite. Mm, um, it's beautiful. I just it had the organ. The organ in the background, even for Silent Night. I don't really like Silent Night, but I like when she does it, you know? Uh, um, I miss you at Christmas time. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's the best thing it's ever. It's good. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Um, but I've kind of retired her just to give her a break a little she bit. A little so break. a, yeah. a newcomer a for me, right. A newcomer for me is John Legend's Christmas album. Ooh, Phenomenal. Released last good? year. He has okay. amazing, and it's like original stuff too. So okay. you're not just. Rehearing Oh Holy Night, you know? He has this song called um, By Christmas Eve that is just Mm. like my favorite. He also has a New Orleans song that he recorded down there that's very just jazzy brass band. I love it. He has this song called Purple, Purple Bells or Purple Something, Purple Snowflakes. Ooh, that sounds like an Advent song. That's an Advent song. It might be. It might be. I gotta listen to it. Yeah. Mm. So um, he's great. Um, I think my other favorite is the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Oh, yes. Every, I have to listen to it. I just okay. have to have so the orchestra. I actually drove, <laughs> funny fact, I, when I lived in New York, they, the closest they were coming was Albany. Ooh, so I got in my car and drove both ways, two hours, just no, to see the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. not have to go to Albany to see Trans-Siberian Orchestra. They don't play New York or often. They play okay. Connecticut. Okay. They play, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they might every once in a while. Right. but It's not as cool in New York as it is in like a small town. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I definitely went there and drove so right back. That's a like, for, pe- for people who are lo- love Trans-Siberian Orchestra at, the, at our service of Lament and Loss this Wednesday – which mm. you may miss because this podcast might not be released by then. But if it's not, if you don't, Matt's actually going to play some pieces from Trans-Siberian wow. Orchestra in the service. That's yeah. great. It's going to be great. Yeah. That's great. So I love them. I also love Santa Claus is a Black Man, the Jackson Ooh, 5. That's yes. just a song. I don't, you know. Um, of and course then, he is. Yes. Yes, he is. Actually, well, anyway. There's a phenomenal article by um, uh, Kelly Brown Douglas where she um, is replying to Megyn Kelly kind of losing it over – no, it's not Megan Kelly. Somebody, one of these newscasters, like losing it over somebody saying the Santa was Santa's oh. not white, and then she writes a whole article about whiteness based oh. on the Santa comment, oh, and it's gosh. awesome. Yeah. It's really good. So it's, yeah, I only I have pictures with Black Santa in New Orleans. He's yes. very famous. So yes, <laughs> um, and then I guess my other fam- my other favorite song is "Someday at Christmas" of so Stevie Wonder. Mm, you know, it's just that's a great. A good one. It's like a, it's yeah. actually a very. Uh, it's not the uh, you right, know right. cheesy thing. It's Someday actually saying Christmas. we're hoping this for something better. Better, right, God. so Stevie Wonder is so good, excellent, God, excellent. So, good. Um, so, a lot of people are doing. I just to give a little shout out, honorable mention to Adina Mazel's new Christmas <gasps> album right. and the right. song "At the Table That's at This right. Table." Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? I think it's called "At This Table." I think. Yeah, yeah. that song it's is beautiful. awesome. Yeah, it's, it's like a worship song yeah. to me. It's the Eucharistic song. That's right. Um, but the whole album is actually really good because she's got a beautiful voice. Yeah. And she feels like Christmas. Yeah. She is the snow queen. She is the snow queen now. <laughs> so she's she's all about Christmas. That's yeah. right. So it's a, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, so hopefully listen to some y'all of that were, stuff. Uh, yeah, listen to it. Uh, get in the diversify your, yes. your, your Christmas. Stop listening to the same Christmas album. There's That's a lot right. of good ones. That's yeah. right. Um, and just I want to give a few shout outs to some people um, who have been listening to the episode. Jennifer oh. Troyer, who listened to episode one and really appreciated what Carrie had to say about um, sort of family traditions around Advent and how to include yeah. your kids if you have them. I got to tell you, I got to give a heads up, a, a shout out also to Carrie for that because we had a new 
e-commerce Sunday school class and we were talking about everybody got to share what whether they had experience with Advent or not. Mm-hmm. That was a question. And some people, most of the Baptists were like, no, this is the first place I ever did it. And then a lot of Episcopalians and Catholics, which there was more of them and the, the Baptists in the room, were mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I remember it. We were really pretty hardcore about it. And we did it at home. Mm. So we had our wreath at home. And then some of the people who were not church were like, I've so appreciated the fact that I got this wreath and we got a chance to build it with the children's ministry here. And now mine's falling apart. I'm getting ready to go buy one Mm. at a store and build my own because it's so important and meaningful to me to light the candles. Yeah. As a family. yeah. Yeah. It's really a cool way to bring the sort of spirituality of the season into your house. Yeah. So that was a great comment. I love that you all listened. And I also had another comment from June, who's one of our newer Mm. um, attendees. Mm -hmm. And June, (laughs) who also, like me, did not grow up with Advent. So she's been listening in to learn more and started. She watched a movie that I actually talked about on episode (laughs) one about the girl who opens the the different doors every day. There's a surprise. And then she ends up like falling in love at the end. You know, typical Hallmark fashion. But it was still a good movie to kind of understand different ways people appreciate Advent calendar. Yes. So yeah. it is that time for something magical to happen to you. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> Some kind of hallmark moment. Just be on the lookout. You're okay. in the store. You don't think you're there, but guess who's there? The love of your life, and you didn't know it. <laughs> guess that snowman? Nope, that's not a snowman. It's going to come to life. That's a fairy godmother getting ready to <laughs> give, give you money. the love of your life. <laughs> no, it's never you're money. Right, you're right. It's, it's always. All, well, it might be a new job opportunity <laughs> that leads you to the love of your life. True. It's always something. That path, <sighs> it's, you know, it's True Love's same, Kiss. It's, it's same Hallmark's story. version of True Love's Kiss. That's the same story, yes. Well, <laughs> God bless them. They make a lot of money. They're doing um, well. <laughs> so let's get into the real reason for the season. Mm. We're here because of patience. Yeah, why? Mm, why patience? Um, because I think that Advent is about waiting. Would you, you mean? Okay, yeah. But so you're, I think that's interesting the way you frame that because some people would say it's about waiting, but they don't talk about how to wait. Hmm. Or what the virtue of waiting is, which hmm. is what patience is. Yeah, that's a person who knows how to wait, and yeah. or that is a result of learning how to wait. Mm-hmm. Is that you grow in the virtue of patience over time, which is a really important virtue. That in my some ethicists have talked about how um, patience is um, the a key to peace. Hmm. Uh, a lot of peace. Theologians and peace thinkers, uh, peace activists, peacemakers talk about patience because oftentimes violence, war, and other things could have been avoided if we were willing to be more patient. Hmm. Yeah. And it's also, there's a lot of violence that is created simply by busyness. Hmm which comes from the idea that we don't have enough time. The time is in fact commodified. Yeah, time, time is money. And that you should need to be productive with every second that you have in your life. And so patience would, you need patience to be able to say, no, I can take a moment to light a candle and to say a prayer Mm. and to meditate and to breathe and to go get a massage and to (sighs) exercise. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I think that that's, I don't, I struggle with patience. Of course we do. Oh my God, so hard. But, you know. Um, Particularly around this time of year, I think it's difficult for most people to embrace patience. You know, um, it's countercultural to be patient. Yeah, get me in a car and I lose all patience. (laughs) 
road rage. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> what, it's like, I, Lucy's always like, Dad, what, Daddy, why do you always ask what are they doing? They're driving. <laughs> Kids are so they're so innocent. It's so innocent. And she's like, you don't. Even if you say it louder, it's not like they're going to hear you. She's so right. <laughs> Speaking she's the amazing. truth, yes, she does. Um, so I found this scripture, which is interesting because mm-hmm. we are not currently following the lectionary in our preaching series. Right. But for those churches and people who are doing some of the readings, there are several readings. There's usually a Hebrew Bible. There's mm-hmm. usually a Psalm, mm-hmm. um, the Gospel, of course, and then there's some other, which is know, usually pretty apocalyptic. Right. Yep, right. Yep. And then there's some other, like, New Testament stuff that gets thrown in there <laughs> randomly. It seems like randomly it, sometimes. It does seem random, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but um, this week, it's James chapter 5, verses 7 through 10. And I'll just mm. read a little bit of it. Um, and it says, Be patient, therefore, beloved, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth, being patient with it until it receives the early and late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Mm. Hmm. I love that. Yeah, it's beautiful because it, it's dealing exactly with apocalyptic, the, the apocalyptic side of Advent, right? Which is the sense that in this season we're both celebrating the the coming, the first, the first coming of Jesus or the coming of the Savior, the first incarnation. And then we're also kind of anticipating and thinking about the second one. Mm-hmm. And so that's, there's a sort of first advent, second advent, first coming, second coming. That's all wrapped up together in the same theme, which is why uh, you begin with the end, but you're also at the beginning. Mm. Things are kind of in a circle when yeah. you get to advent and you start the year over again. And and in both cases, patience is the virtue because as, for instance, your favorite book, we talked about this last time, Revelation is all about patient endurance. Mm-hmm. Um, another word for that is perseverance. Mm. And it's, the, it's about the perseverance of the saints. And how do they persevere? They wait patiently. Mm. And they, they stay faithful in the midst of persecution. Yeah. They don't waver. They continue to be resilient and to move one step forward each day to do the practices that they were taught, to love people in spite of the fact that the world is filled with hatred. They offer peace in the midst of a world of war. They just continue even no matter what the obstacles are. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a real. That's basically what how we live all the time. That's why Advent is such a – to me, I, I love the th- season because it's, it's actually the way we live most of our lives. Right. Not in this time of grand feasting and joy and celebration as if – Jesus has come and everything's great. It's mostly in this waiting, hmm. this constant waiting. It's like waiting on Godot. Mm-hmm. Like, are they ever going to come mm-hmm. or not? You know, right? Right. Um, and what do you? It's it's about the waiting itself. The hardest part is actually the part that's the most important. Um, like they say, in the struggle is formation, and mm-hmm. in the waiting is the formation of the spirit, of the soul, of the person, of the of the re- believer. Yeah. As they wait. Uh, for what is next to come in yeah. their life, patiently. And waiting is active, though. You know, right? You don't active, just sit around and do nothing. Right. Necessarily. You're still hoping and still, right. you know, trying worshiping, to put forth peace and you know, yeah, worshiping, loving, loving, you know, yeah, sowing yeah. the seeds of justice, offering hospitality is one of the ways the Bible says is the best way to wait is to mm. be to be hospitable. Interesting. As you, as you wait, yeah, hmm. yeah. to welcome the stranger as you wait, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think that's that's. But you're you're right. Patience is critical because, the, but you don't really people don't struggle with patience unless they're really waiting for something that they need. You know, hmm. you, you, like in you know, 
do you really need patience if you're you're just like, eh, you know, you're driving your car and you're late to work? I mean, okay. <laughs> you know. Well, some people. But like, if you're like, you know, if you're ra- you're waiting on that job offer, mm. or you're waiting for that, you know, person to be that person for you in your life, or mm-hmm. you're waiting for a diagnosis to mm. come, you know, or you're you're waiting for healing. Yeah. Uh, you're waiting. Um, you're waiting in the middle of grief and loss. You're you're waiting. For some spark of God's grace in your life. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know? Patience. Yeah. yeah, you need patience. Yeah. Well, speaking of grief, since we are also in this week, once you have would have heard this, we will have been done with this service, but <laughs> we are having lament and loss on Wednesday. That's right. And that's really odd. Um, I see a lot a lot more churches doing this, so I'm mm-hmm. really uh, you know, excited about it. We used to call it Blue Christmas. Right. <laughs> or the longest night services is another tradition yeah. that some churches have. Yeah, and I really appreciate this service, and people seem to really appreciate it, those who come yeah, to it. Yeah. And so I'm curious, we're in this week of joy, yeah. right? Gaudete Sunday, Gaudete, Gaudete? Gaudet, I don't know how you pronounce it. I yet. just make stuff up. Y'all, just, y'all know that. People in Bible study know I just make That's things right. up. That's right, Gaudet. Yeah. Let's say Gaudet or Gaudete, yes. however you want to say it. Which means rejoice, rejoice. And we rejoice. just came off this Sunday where it's like, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. Or my soul magnifies the Lord and That's I will right. rejoice. And, rejoices right. in God my Savior. Right. And so, but, and yet we are also mm. in seasons of lament and loss. So what does joy look like, right? And I asked the question because, you know, my mother in her wisdom would tell me years ago that joy and happiness aren't the same thing, which you said at the Amen. beginning of the episode. Amen. Um, and so what does it look like to have joy in this season amidst everything that's happening in our lives or in the, the life of the people around us, the lives mm. of the people around us or in the world, the greater life? Yes. Right? Yes. Um, and so I wonder what that, what that may mean for you or what that may mean for a church community that's had lots of loss this year. Yeah. Joy, uh, you know, happiness tends to be a feeling of pleasure or pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just basic feel, some kind of feeling of pleasure, right, that you feel. But And that's the opposite of happiness then is some feeling of pain, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, you know, when you feel a, even a short short pleasure eating something that's really good or feeling warm by a fire or uh, somebody gives you a hug and uh, or you're reading a great book or you just realize that you're in a good mood, right? You're mm-hmm. happy. That's happiness, right? Mm-hmm. Um and it's temporal. And it's temporal, and it's usually fluctuating constantly, depending upon what part of the day you're in, or what's going on in your life, mm-hmm. or what you're struggling with, what you're wrestling with, how many people are trying to annoy you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what struggles you're facing in work, and life, and relationships. Then there's joy, which to me is not necessarily temporal, and it also isn't dependent upon circumstances. Yes, yes. Joy is something that is. Um, that you, I think joy is more like a fruit of the spirit mm-hmm. that you're, it's a gift that you're given and mm-hmm. that you get to nurture and care for. Yeah. Um, and it can endure no matter what the circumstances. So a person could be in the midst of the, the darkest grief and mm-hmm. still feel a sense of joy. Now, what would it mean? Does it look like they're going to be smiling all the no, time? No, not at all. No, not at all. No, but they have yeah. a, they have a, a source of, I think joy is always a, always life giving. Yeah, you know, it's life giving. It's 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 filled with gratitude. Yeah. Joy is always grateful. Yeah, um, and so I think that's something that can be in in your heart, you know, and then in, in your soul, and you just hold on to it. 
That's interesting you say that it's not dependent on circumstance because we used to sing this this hymn or I guess it was a hymn or a song in church growing uh-huh. up. And it, it it was it said this joy that I had the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away and Ooh. that was like the Amen. the line of the decade Damn. you know drop mic <laughs> whenever somebody get up, got up and testified in church you're like world the world can't take, can't take, it, take away. it away right the world can't um, take it away you know when you're young you don't really understand these things you no, just kind of sing along and clap and then later <laughs> yeah this thing then later you remember it and you're like oh, oh man, that's what that's that meant. what that's about <laughs> that's yeah, what no that I got meant. this well the other thing about joy is it's usually it's usually both inside you, but it comes from a source outside. Mm-hmm. That's why we call it fruit of the spirit. So we think of it as a divine gift. Yes, right. That is inside you that you hold, but didn't you didn't generate it on your own. It came right. from God or the source of all power and existence and creation, the creator, um, which means that like you can hold it even if you lose everybody around you, mm-hmm. which sounds awful, but you can also, it still can be there. Yeah. Um, you yeah. can hold that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you're not. So there's a there's like somehow it's hard to imagine how to display this image in a in a way that would be. But you could be crying in grief and still have joy. Joy, right? There's a there's a sense of gratitude. I feel like that comes along with that. That helps right. you right. continue to be joyful. Right. I hate that I lost this, but I also love the time that I had. For yes, it. I'm so grateful for what I had. That's right. You know? That's right. And almost, yeah, almost people who sometimes have the least amount of joy that I've just sort of noticed in pastoral caregiving are the people who are the least grateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I tell people you have to shift everything to gratitude, oh, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I may not have this, but I do have this, and yeah. I'm grateful for that, and right. that should bring you some joy. And it's the little right. things, too. It's not little like stuff. Yeah. the big spectacle, you know, right. walking on water moments. It's really the, my, the well, mundane. Right. Yeah, and in this time, I know. think people tend to f- start to become a little bit more grateful around the holidays because mm-hmm. part of it is the weather gets colder and you start remembering, man, think about how many people yeah. don't have a warm place to be. Yeah. You know, and you start because that gives you gratitude for what you mm-hmm. have, which creates a spirit of humility, you mm-hmm. know, and well, by the grace of God, go I, right, yeah. that I have this and someone else is struggling. Yeah. Um, so I just think it's, yeah, I, to me, there's such a connection between joy and gratitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, one of the practices that I have to maintain joy is to count my blessings. Mm-hmm. I'm really mm-hmm. full of hymns today, but there's another hymn. That there, oh, now, now, see, now I know that hymn. Count, okay. Oh, you yeah. know, oh yes. that's a great one. Yes. And every once in a while, I just be count like, them, oh, how yes. many, count them one by one, one. Name them one by one. If yeah. you can't do anything else in doing joy week, you yeah. can count your blessings. Yeah. If that's all you can do, just count your blessings. So there's right? a phenomenal book that I would highly recommend. And she, this woman also has a great Advent book, a uh, Christmas book that you can read that's similar to this. Uh, her name's Ann Boskamp. Hmm. She's an evangelical writer, uh, just for those who wonder if I ever read evangelical <laughs> writers or say anything kind about evangelicals. I do. I love evangelicals. And she has, she has a great book. It's, a, it's, a, it's evangelical, mm-hmm. but it's beautifully written. It's called 1,000 Gifts. Hmm. And what she decides to do is to just every day to hmm. write down as many things as she's grateful for every day. I think I might have read that. Yeah, and so she ago. creates a like a journal, and she just writes down all the gifts that she gets, and she she reflects on gratitude as a part of it, and she even reflects on how the word Eucharist, which is the practice of communion, means thank thankfulness, mm-hmm. gratitude, um, and so we're thanking God as we're participating in that practice. That yeah. the very heart of our faith is this meal of gratitude. You yeah. Know? And um, she talks about how gratitude leads to joy and, and she's, it's a really brilliant book. Now she gets into some 
interesting stuff because she has these tragedies happen and she still tries to to say what she's grateful for in the midst of those tragedies. Mm-hmm. And that's where the things get interesting in the book. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's how you realize that joy born of gratitude is not like happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. But so she actually literally does what the hymn says. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> I need to do, I want to start writing them down. Maybe yeah, I'll, no, I'll, she I'll, thinks yeah. it's really powerful to write them down because then you can go back and read them. That's right. Wow, that's great. That's, and I remember, you know, the, the year, it's really interesting, the year before Hurricane Katrina, it snowed in New Orleans on Christmas, mm. 2004, and we were stuck in the house because, you know, everything shuts down when there's like anything, a, yeah. a speck of snow <laughs> on the ground, yeah, the everything threat. shuts down. That's right. um, but we didn't have Christmas dinner, and I was so uh, just like, oh, you know, we didn't have anything. My mom doesn't cook. Sorry, mom. Um, she doesn't cook, so we didn't have <laughs> any, like, Christmas dinner or anything, and I was just so, you know, filled with grief that mm, year because it mm, just wasn't Christmas. Didn't feel like it didn't it, feel like yeah. Christmas. But, you know, we embraced the practice of counting blessings. We, well, we, what, we, what did we have? We did have food in the pantry. We did right. have things. We, yes. you know, we had, you know, warmth and shelter. Right. Warmth, and shelter, each other. Each, right. And so there's, there's something to be, to be said about that. So I hope mm. that people will lean into that. And you had snow. Barely. <laughs> you <were> barely. <laughs> you had a white Christmas in New Orleans. Barely. Um, <laughs> That's so funny. Um, and so now next week, you know, after Christmas, well, mm. this coming Sunday um, will be Love Sunday. And so I just want to talk mm-hmm. just a little bit about that as we think about this transition from joy to finally love. We've had hope. We've yeah. had peace. And now we're in joy mm-hmm. going on our way to love. What does that look like? Um, yeah. What, what does the movement like? from joy to love look like? Yeah. That's a good question. And um, I'm not looking for a def- definitive answer, but but sort of working our way through the yeah. order of events here. Yeah, I think uh, um, I, I think you know, love is the theme of what of, of really of of everything, but particularly of the incarnation. There's this sense, you know, for God so loved the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that God gave this gift of God's self to mm-hmm. us. Um, to teach us love that and and show us the way of love uh and to love us to literally love us and then show us how to love mm-hmm. and what a what a great gift that is and so it is the greatest of all gifts mm-hmm. and um but as i turn to it and i'm thinking about how to reflect on this related to the text from ruth i think love is not as simple as we often make it you know mm-hmm. it's the church, the church is at war with the sentimental sentimentalization of love. Mm. Yeah. Once you have sentimentalized love, um, you no longer really get to see love with with all of its skin on and its teeth and what it really looks like. It's not always as pretty as it sounds. Mm-hmm. It feels good, mm-hmm. but it's not pretty. You yeah. know, sometimes love is, um, you know, uh, cleaning your. Uh, Cleaning your loved one who you care for, mm. who cannot care for themselves anymore. Yeah. yeah. And selflessly caring for children mm-hmm. who will never offer you the gratitude you deserve for <laughs> what you have done for them. <laughs> I mean, really, right? Yeah. It means um, it's a kind gesture to a friend who you could easily go through your day without it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... Um, being surrounding someone who's going through a crisis and just being present with them and yeah. finding out what they need. I mean, that's that question. Mm-hmm. Know, what do you need? Yeah. You know, yeah. and being that person for them and being loyal. I mean, there's loyalty 
I mean, part of part of love is loyalty, mm-hmm. sticking with people even in the midst of it. You know, when yeah. things get dicey and hard and difficult, you know, sticking it out. Mm-hmm. There's there's some of that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think about love? I don't know. Um, I'm still trying to figure out the transition, you know, yeah, yeah. because it's it's um, I think love is messy. And I think that mm-hmm. um, and it's it forces you to step out of your comfort zones. And um, I it, it, there was a phrase that a pastor that I know used to say, loving beyond the limits of our prejudices. Ooh. Yeah. Mike Wallerand, he would say that love beyond the limits of your prejudices. And that's hard because even those of us who don't think we have any prejudices or biases, mm-hmm. you know, we still get caught up sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I think that's when love gets really hard because yeah. love challenges us um, in many ways. Right. Well, um, that's part of the that's part of our campaign that we have going on right now. You know, just not to talk about just churchy stuff, but mm-hmm. but we you know, there are some folks that are. That are going to be irritated by and are irritated by some of this this proclamation of inclusivity. But really, this is an act of love. Mm-hmm. You know, the signs are not meant to offend people. You know, if you are offended by it, that's probably a time for you to check why mm-hmm. uh, and spend some time on that, reflecting. Yeah. Because what we're doing with it is really just saying we love you. Yeah. I mean, the whole key of it is, God, spoiler alert, God loves you unconditionally, whoever you are, mm-hmm. wherever you come from, whatever your sexuality is, whatever your immigration status is. Mm-hmm. We love the earth itself so much that we're not going to give up on climate change. We we love our transgender um, neighbors mm-hmm. so much that we're not, we're not, we're going to be a, we're bold in our yeah, you know, welcome mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love people who don't believe what we believe. Our atheist <sighs> friends, right, and neighbors, and yeah. who just don't buy it all, and mm-hmm. all other religious traditions that we are in solidarity with as people of faith and good conscience. So, all we're saying is we love you, yeah. you know, and we love we love you so much we're willing to shout it from the mountaintops yeah. because. You know, I, I always think about the hotlines, the transgender hotlines, whenever somebody gets out on TV and says something awful and then the bullying starts mm-hmm, again. Mm-hmm. You just need to be as, sometimes you just need to be as loud yeah. as those who are saying we hate you. Yeah, that's right. Right? Yeah, it's a it's a strong force. Yeah. Wow. So we, we've moved through our four themes, but... Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned in the last episode that there were some additional oh, thematics that, you know, people are interested in hearing about them. Not that we don't love hope, peace, joy and love, but yes. um, it can get a little bit, you know, maybe monotonous for some people. Or if you really just don't understand how to come back to it every year, you might be looking mm-hmm. for something new yeah. or want to try something different. And so I'm curious about this, this secret document you have. Okay, of these I have, I, I have a secret document. It's, it's, <laughs> it's entitled alternative advent themes. And there have been years where I have actually led a church through these, um, by pr- having a different thematic series throughout advent. Now, just so everybody knows, like hope, Peace, joy, and love, in that order, as the themes for each week, have nothing to do with the revised common lectionary readings for Sunday morning. Right. Uh, In fact, they are um, quite hard to reconcile with those texts, which are typically apocalyptic, Mm -hmm. typically focused as John the Baptist somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I there are many other thematic ways of of going about this. So one of the series is that you you do each so four four kind of themes, different themes. So one one you do uh, instead of hope, peace, joy, and love, you do God's people, God's prophets, John the Baptist, Mary. Okay. Doesn't necessarily hold together, but okay. that's how you do it. You just do it's it's about Israel, prophets. John, Mary. And actually, you hmm. you light the candle of Israel. You light the candle of the prophets. Hmm. And you change the candles. Are they the same color? Oh, yeah, yeah. So you have okay. the, you, you have, they're all the same color. So then you okay. have, you have the prophet, you have the Israel candle, the prophet's candle, the John candle, and the Mary candle, mm-hmm. and then the Christ candle. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Interesting. Um, a traditional Carmelite theme, Carmelites are a particular religious order within the Catholic tradition, mm-hmm. is each, that you do waiting, accepting, journeying, and birthing. Hmm. I like it. And so Richard Rohr is a Carmelite. So okay. Richard Rohr sometimes will recommend this way of going about Advent instead of the other uh, thematic approaches of hope, peace, joy, love. Hmm. To do, to wait, to accept, to journey, to birth. Hmm. Which is kind of cool. Uh, I like that one a lot. Yeah, me too. That's one of my favorites. Uh, another one is Expectation, Bethlehem, Angels, Shepherds. So you do like ones about expecting. So it's like the like Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. It's really like Elizabeth, the city of Bethlehem, angels, and then shepherds. And you mm-hmm. kind of so that you do most of the gospel readings from Luke that year, and you kind of cover the whole story over the course of four weeks instead of trying to preach. One of the hardest things to do is to try to do the Christmas story justice in a 10-minute homily on Christmas Eve night. Yeah. Because that story is so complex <laughs> yes. and yeah. has so much political background to it mm-hmm. and is written intentionally as an affront to the imperial system of the day and mm-hmm. the shepherds, what are shepherds and why do they belong there? And, yeah, magi, all oh these things. Oh, my gosh, so much to talk about. Yeah. Yes. Um, another one is expectation, preparation, repentance, and joy. I think I've done that one before. Okay. Okay. I think at some point, you know, we did not do the whole, we did that one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another one is expectation, annunciation, proclamation, fulfillment. Hmm. Um, So there's that. Um, Then there's, and by the way, I've I've compiled these from friends and colleagues who've done series like Mm. this for years also that have pulled these out. Another one that somebody did was The People with the Song, The Song of a Brother and Sister, Two Songs of the Big Night, and The Song of Mary. So you do all the songs that appear throughout the Bible or the songs that appear in the Gospel of Luke. There are many songs that appear in the Gospel of Luke throughout okay. the So, yeah, and actually they have famous Latin names because mm. um, in, the, in some religious orders, they sing the three, three, three of the five songs from Luke every day at different times a day. So you, you wake up in the morning and you sing the Benedictus, which is Zachariah's song. Mm-hmm. At noon every day, you sing the Magnificat. Mm-hmm. And then in the evening, you sing the Nuke Dimittis, which is, of course, sung by Simeon after Jesus is brought to mm-hmm. the temple as a child. Um, so you sing those three songs. And the, and the Nuke Dimittis is, Lord, dismiss thy servant in peace. 
as you go to oh. bed. And in the morning, hmm. the, the first thing you say out of your mouth is Zechariah, which is, blessed be the Lord God of Israel. Mm-hmm. So you're, you say blessings to God. And then in the middle of the day, you say, tear the powerful from their thrones. You okay, know? that's so, your favorite. That well, sounds like your favorite. <laughs> well, it's, it's Mary's song. It's Mary's song. Yeah, Magnificat's radical. Yeah. So, yeah, so you do those three. That's a that's a spiritual practice is you, you mm-hmm. sing those, you pray those three prayers or you sing is those three songs. Is that that's different? No, it's all, it's all the time. All, okay. all the time, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, some some religious orders have in their in their services, Vesper services throughout the day, they do one of those okay. songs at okay. those times, yeah. Okay. But some people practice it individually as their own spiritual practice at home to sing all the songs. And there's also, the other thing is that there's the song of the angels. Mm-hmm. The angels sing, mm-hmm. glory to God, God in the highest. highest. peace his people. That's a song. Yeah. So that's that's one song. Uh, so some years I've done a theme where I did all the songs. Each week I did mm. a different song. I Sometimes like that. in Luke, I'll do that. I know? like that. And there's so much, there's so many songs oh, based man. on these songs. There's oh, so yeah. many. Oh, yeah. And then you can read other yeah. songs. Well, and there's how many different versions of the Magnificat are there? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have a few others. Uh, I'll just say one that's anticipation, patience, hmm. hope, and revelation. Ooh, revelation. Yeah, I knew you were going to like that. <laughs> anyway, that's just a few. I have like seven or eight more other mm-hmm. ones. Um, another way that the candles can be named is the prophet's candle, the Bethlehem candle, the angel candle, and the shepherd's candle, mm. corresponding with hope, love, joy, and peace. Um, so there's there's a lot of ways that this has been done. Yeah. Um, and and obviously because Advent is as old as the church itself, there, mm-hmm. are, there have been many different ways that religious orders have practiced this. Mm. I think that's so fascinating, the diversity that you can have within. I mean, I do think it's beautiful that you can walk into a number of churches and have a similar experience. Right, right. But I do appreciate, you know, people who do things a little, shake things up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I appreciate that. I even like sometimes when I see the candles are blue and not purple. I don't know why. Uh-huh. I just, you know, I just think it's fun. It just yeah. has some different colors in there. I don't understand why one is pink. So that's the only thing that I'm, oh. I, I mean, I get which one is pink. I just don't understand why it's different. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so I have some work to do on that. There is, that. there are, yeah. There's a long tradition around that, um, but I I can't remember exactly right now. Uh-huh. But I think it has to do with um, with the fact that you're supposed to be celebrating joy that day. Okay, right? so, so pink is just the... something for joy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. Sounds good. It's highlighting. Well, you're sort of highlighting your midpoint too. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like the midpoint because you think about it as four, but you're really but doing five. But it's really five because the Christ candle so is by, Christmas. So when you get to three, you're at the midpoint. Huh. So you're kind of like you're taking a break in the middle of a penitential. The reason is you're taking a – this is really what it is. You're, it just came to me. Um, you're taking a break in the midst of a, what is really a penitential season to experience joy. So okay. Advent is not a feast season. It's a penitential season like Lent pr- mm-hmm. precedes Easter. Mm-hmm. So in the middle of the penitential season, sometimes you get a little moment of rest. Mm. And that's the joy, yeah. Uh, as you go through the season, so yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of the blue, personally, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> so, <laughs> I I think the intention is to highlight the significance of the Christmas season. Well, the high, the significance is to make the Advent and Christmas season more special by giving it its own color that no other season has. Okay, so not purple like Lent. Right, and to separate it and distinguish it out from Lent. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that the, that's not how the church intended people to think about the seasons. They wanted you to associate purple with preparation and journey, mm-hmm. and that purple always precedes the 
gold white celebration of the feast time. So it's always fasting and feasting. Mm. And so purple is to be associated with repentance, penitence, waiting, journeying, fasting, and then gold white is to be associated with fasting and celebration. Mm. And if once you if you want if you see it, it's always the same path. You know, it's purple, then white, and then back to green again, and purple, mm. then white, then back to green again. And there's a rhythm to that, so that spiritually you're you can take on the posture that's appropriate for the season. Now, yeah. when you go to blue, you've, you're kind of saying, "Well, we know it's supposed to be penitential and fasting and all that, but it's Christmas." Mm. So um, I'm not sure mm. how I feel about letting okay. blue slip, slip in there. All Maybe right. too early a celebration when you bring blue. Purple really does help you feel like, yeah, I ought to be repenting. <laughs> Interesting. Right? So, I mean, yeah. that's that's what you're supposed to feel. Yeah. Because that's what you feel in Lent, and they want you to feel the same thing in Advent. I you see. Know? So it's it's people kind of saying that they're, they're – it's amazing how a color can change the theological significance of a season. Mm-hmm. So that's all that I, I – yeah. would worry that as, as long as you're careful about how you practice it, you can redeem the blue of, blue of it. But Okay. Interesting. It's an emotional and spiritual thing. Yeah. Interesting. Well, this has been really fruitful series, and I do want to, you know, give you a glimpse ahead of our bonus episode that we will yes. have next week, which will be after Advent and really after the, the uh, Christmas uh, celebration. But um, it will talk about a little bit about the other traditions that are around this time of year that yes. coincide with the Festival of Lights, which you did bring up a little bit. Last time. Yeah. So uh, perhaps we'll get into that a little bit in the next episode. Well, in reality, this will probably, the bonus episode will be released in the real Christmas season. That's right. Which takes place from Christmas Day morning until January 6th. Right. It's the shortest season, though. It's like. It's it's, supposed to be the shortest season. Yes. You're not supposed to celebrate that long. (laughs) I know. People have made it the longest thing, you know. Well. That'll that'll help. That's a good segue into in the reason for light. So listen yes. to the next bonus episode. Okay, good. Well, we're excited that you have joined us thus far. Please tune in on December 26th for the yes. bonus episode as we wrap up this discussion. Um, thank you for joining us and see you next Merry time. Christmas Merry to Christmas to you as well. Merry Christmas. That's right. <laughs> okay, take Talk care. To you later.